The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is socially distanced. I'm Paxton Wright. With me is Justin Kiever. Justin Kiever, how you doing today, buddy? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. And uh, now that you've done that voice, I can't wait to get into our first story. <laughs> oh, ah, fooey! <laughs> I didn't think that through very well. Um, well no. We're gonna open. We're gonna open on a really sad tone. Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, there's a, I think about half an hour before we recorded this, a uh, news story broke that um, there was a, a death on the set of uh, the uh, Alec Baldwin film uh, Rust, I believe it's called. I mean, it doesn't really, that's secondary to the actual news that is um, there was an accident on set and a uh, director of photography, Helena Hutchins, uh, uh, was killed by no. a, a, mis- a misfiring uh, prop gun. Um, and the director, uh, Joel Souza, is also uh, uh, was injured as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have, I mean, you know, we do news about movies. This is, uh, you know, we're probably not going to get a bigger news story about movies. So, you know, there's some kind of, I think we feel some responsibility to talk plus, about this. Uh, plus, like, this is, as you said, this just yeah. broke. This was like hot off the presses. This feels like a thing kind of like worth talking about while while we uh what we can i don't know it's one of those things where like like we talked about this before going on air it's one of those things where it's very tonally off i mean we've taught we get into heavy subjects often on this show but it feels this one feels different and i don't quite know how to like put it into words you know what i mean yeah i I mean i think it feels different because i don't think there's there's not much that we can I don't know if we, we like we are not planning to dedicate the entire first segment to this news story. I feel like when we've talked about serious stuff in the past, like we kind of like structure the first segment around it because there is some kind of like, you know, wider sort of uh, political uh, issue that we can talk about and like try and like think through. And for this, it's just, you know, like uh, workplace safety is important. And, you know, this is a you know like, like this is a cliche to say and i feel bad saying it but like you know it's this is a tragedy you yeah. know this is a the a, 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 a an unfortunate and unnecessary loss of life that the world is you know worse for 
Yeah. And it, and it sounds like, uh, yeah, what, what was her name again? I just had it pulled up uh, on my screen a second ago. Hel- uh, Helena Hutchins. Yes, yes. Uh, Helena Hutchins. It seems like, yeah, based on her IMDb, she was kind of up and coming in the in the world of uh, cinematography. She was, I mean, she did a lot of like, looks like very small indie, probably like some student films in like the first half of the 10s. And then the latter half started working on, bigger budget but still uh fairly off the beaten trail work and now she was going to be working on a film with alec baldwin which i know based on her social media she'd been uh posting a lot about her enthusiasm and excitement to be working on this film to be working on a a more big ticket film um so yeah it's really it's really sad that this was cut short um and also like i mean another thing and uh, like Another thing too, it feels weird to like, you know, feel, especially for someone like Alec Baldwin, who is such a like major powerhouse actor has been in the business for decades, who like is incredibly powerful and is also kind of a public, like well publicized, not great dude. Um, <laughs> like, or that's, you know, in this time and place, that's not a great thing to say, but like a, a doesn't have didn't have the doesn't have the best people skills basically um and Mm. like so it feels weird to like mourn when they're going through through something because we detach ourselves emotionally from the fact that these are human beings and we know them as the image that they project themselves as in the public eye and alec baldwin doesn't always project himself in the best possible way but end of the day like i feel very sorry for alec baldwin too i mean the man kind of accidentally killed someone like to really no fault of his own and like that's now a trauma he's gonna have to live with forever um and and everyone on set witnessed that everyone on set was a part of that like that's a for everyone involved that's a lot of trauma and it's yeah it's it's sad i i don't know it's one of again we're not going to dedicate the whole news half to this segment because it's a fairly new story we don't have a ton of details and like it's hard to wrap this into anything more than as you said yeah workplace safety is important and a person is dead now and another person is very injured um it's a shame uh yeah so i mean like i yeah i don't know what else we can say really you know thoughts with uh hudgens uh hudgens's uh family and friends Mm -hmm. um you know and uh and colleagues and uh you know uh hope that uh you know you're hoping that uh that susa recovers yeah uh you know quickly um yeah and i yeah it's just it's just terrible it's yep. just it's just really terrible and i don't know how to segue out of it frankly no so, no i don't um, think there is a i don't think there is a clean segue i think you know, basically yeah. i think that's that's the way to to wrap that up um again yeah not not much more to say about it right now but i've we kind of felt it would be sort of when we have the opportunity to talk about it like it feels like the kind of thing worth talking about yeah um so well, trailers we'll, right yeah we'll we'll segue we'll segue now let's talk about some movie trailers yeah. for movies we don't really care that much about um there's <laughs> <laughs> just like uh sorry there's like one more thing like i guess the the transition here i guess is like the you feel the pointlessness of what we do in you know moments <laughs> like this right like the, the kind of like uh, and like the, and the, the pointlessness of media consumption and like media 
criticism almost. I mean, there there is like you know there, there's a point to criticism, but it's still you know like it and a point to media consumption. I mean, I wouldn't say yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It just you know it yeah it still feels weird. Yeah. Um, but you know this is a show where we talk about dork stuff so i guess we'll, we will press on um yeah. and also in the latter half we're going to be talking about squid game which is uh, gonna be you know probably plenty of morose stuff to get into with that as well so you know it's not like that's it's not like oh, it's yeah. gonna be yeah. sunshine and roses for the rest of this show uh yeah um so yeah i don't know so i guess like the other kind of um some of the other sort of entertainment news i guess some some movie trailers dropped including well, I mean, I guess like the big two were uh, the Batman, the the Matt Reeves, uh, Robert Pattinson led Batman movie, and uh, that Uncharted trailer dropped. It came today, yeah, or yesterday for those listening live. Yeah. Um, um, so, which one do you want to talk about, Paxton? Because oh I don't, I don't know, <laughs> Justin. I don't know. <laughs> which one do you want to talk about? I mean. I probably have more to say about the Uncharted trailer, despite the fact that I think it is significantly worse than the Batman trailer, even though like, cause like the Batman thing, it was like, okay, I like Robert Pattinson. I'll probably watch this on my TV um, and not on a movie screen. And also like everything that I think is that, that one, that one fight that's like, you know, illuminated by muzzle flashes was cool. That it was neat. cool. It was cool when Equilibrium did it. It's cool when Batman 2021 did it. Um, but like, there, there's just something about the the end of that trailer being like the uh, the Batmobile like emerging through like fire and that being the kind of like the big like ah, moment. It was like, oh, right. This is just, it's Batman. You know, yeah. there's the Riddler. That's Penguin, I guess. Uh, the Batmobile is there, penguin, and yeah. you and you go. The Batmobile is there, and you go, yay! When the Batmobile, like you know, heroically, like flies through like a wreckage, it was just kind of like very like okay, yeah, like I know what this is. It looks fine by the numbers. Yeah, you know, it, the the director of Venom Two plays Alfred, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, we, we discussed off mic, listeners. Uh, yeah, Andy Serkis directed Venom Two, and that was something that didn't come up when we discussed Venom Two. Felt like it should. I guess I'll tell I'll tell the same story I told you off mic. I my friend and I went and saw it. Again, we t- discussed Venom Two last week. We went and saw it, and op- uh, opening credits are rolling, and it says directed by Andy Serkis. And my friend and I immediately looked at each other. And we were just like, what? what? And my friend was like, it's probably just a different Andy Circus." And I was like, okay, it's a specific name, but I could see that belonging to more than one person. Sure. And uh, watch the movie. You uh, talked plenty about the movie last week. It was what it was. Um, and then I got home and Googled it. Then, yeah, no, it was, it was, yeah. uh, it was King Kong 2006. Andy Circus. <laughs> behind the camera the, the star of heavenly sword andy circus <laughs> the star of uh, enslaved odyssey to the west andy circus except, except enslaved odyssey to the west is actually really good though that's unlike true. heavenly sword hey, um, I, I'll, I'll go to my grave defending king kong 2006 it's not terrible i i think it's all right i, I mean i i think i mostly liked it because i liked lord of the rings and i had some 
young young justin just had this vague sense of like no you like a director's films so therefore you like lord of the rings you like this and your parents won't let you see dead alive yet so <laughs> you, you know anyway i i will say i mean yours was a probably a more mature takeaway um even if it was still you know a, a still a half-baked uh preteen thought mine was oh i like big monkeys and t-rexes so i'm all in uh, like i mean now let's be and real i can't the... get enough of adrian brody frankly yeah adrian brody's real good and Except when he hosts snl yeah <laughs> <laughs> and also there was that bit where they shot a bunch of gigantic bugs with tommy guns and guess what that was cool that part's great when the slug starts devouring that Bring man's it. head like, yeah that's that's andy circus that's andy oh, circus who gets circus. devoured right. yeah i forgot yeah he also plays a guy in that movie too that's mm-hmm. totally a thing yeah yeah anyway, we're not talking um, about king kong 2006 we're talking about the batman 2022 or 2021 yeah. when does it come out 22 it's probably 22 i don't know um yeah it looks fine uh it looks like a batman uh the bat suit looks cool. It's a good looking yeah. bat suit. Robert yeah. Pattinson seems like he's fit for the role. Um, yeah, like, love what, whatever. He's a good actor. Like yeah. you know, like hey, look here. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something controversial. I didn't see any of the Zack Snyder movies. I don't really think I'm ever gonna. Um, however, that being said, Ben Affleck better casting than Christian Bale and a better looking bat suit on that man. I I I haven't seen the movie, but from the I, I but from the footage I've seen, from the clips I've seen, Ben Affleck seems like he's aight, and that bat suit looked way better so, than the Christian Bale uh, the Christian Bale SWAT team outfit. So I, I I guess I can kind of form a thought here because I did actually just watch Batman Returns for the first time like yesterday, or like two uh, days the, ago. The Michael Keaton one. The the Michael Keaton Tim Burton uh you know the second Tim Burton Batman um. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And, and like, I, I guess like I, I started kind of like just thinking about like the different iterations of like, you know, f- Batman on film, uh, you know, leaving aside Adam West, who is, of course, the best Batman. And I yes. say that completely unironically. Like, yes. just the I, best I agree unironically. Yes. Um, like Michael Keaton's interesting because he's just sort of I mean, like like the takes on the dichotomy of Bruce Wayne and Batman, I think, are interesting in these things where like michael keaton just plays bruce wayne as a dork who has too much money who lives in kind of a crummy town so he does batman stuff because it's like the kind of crummy where like being batman makes a certain amount of sense um because like you know the gangs are clowns and you know there's there's danny devito penguin it's anyway it's wacky and like michael keaton is just wears a where's a big uh karnak the magnificent turban (laughs) yeah um and then uh yeah you know like you have christian bale basically playing a warrior monk yeah uh, and then uh yeah and then you've been affleck just kind of like who's sort of like the the anti-michael keaton whereas i think there's a sort of um uh like it's like another thing where it feels like the same guy the other thing is like michael keaton like weirdly feels like the same person as batman as he does as bruce wayne and that's sort of the 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 ben affleck take as well it's like it's the same guy he's just angrier yeah, rather than I, being sort of like an a, like a weirdo who kind of knows how to fight like he's just he's a very angry billionaire who knows how to fight yes and he's also like he's also aging and he like has more chill 
I mean, for this is again based on what I have seen from footage. Uh, but like Christian Bale, a I just thought the bat suit looked bad in those movies. I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I thought it looked bad. Uh, the obviously <laughs> the voice silly as as has been yes as was memed to death in 2010. Um, and then uh, just uh, Bruce Wayne is just kind of a uh uh sniveling d-bag i don't know he's very bruce wayne is very unlikable in those movies Um, well i think that's well i think that's the thing though is like the you get the sense that bruce wayne is not a real person in those movies and i think that's like i I think that is actually the interesting thing about the christian bale performance is that bruce wayne like functionally does not exist like there really there is not a bruce wayne like bruce wayne is a kind of like a public persona like a, a very sort of obnoxious playboy persona and that's all like there the end and that's what i mean by him being a warrior monk like there is like yeah he like he is only the kind of like the 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 stoic warrior and yeah like there's nothing else to him and i think that's uh a little compelling um having not having i mean yeah to be fair having not seen the movies in probably a decade at least um or the last one i saw was the third one with bane whenever that came out um oh yeah that was like 10 years ago so yeah, like yeah. you're probably staying on like a decade here. so to be fair i think i mean it's weird to like, say that like the nuance of a batman movie was lost on me but like some of that nuance that existed there was probably lost on and, me. and also to be fair it's not much in the way of nuance you no, know I don't like it's so. just so yeah and, and i mean like so like robert pattinson here just seems like angry young batman yeah. and like it's like okay sure why not um yeah anyway so that uncharted, uncharted trailer yeah bad looks- uh, well it looks you disliked it worse than i did i wasn't wild on it but you just liked it worse than i did yeah i think it looks dreadful oh i think it looks so bad i think it looks just like a, a, a pretty again we talk about by the numbers it looks like a by the numbers indiana jones clone for 2022 that's what it, i thought see like I, I think that was the thing was like aesthetically it doesn't look indiana jonesy to me like it looks like you know bondy it it doesn't even look bondy like it looks it's too like clean and like generic looking like even compared to like at least like you know like the last round of bond movies i mean like i as much as i don't like casino royale um like they at least look pretty good you know um and uh yeah like that's just kind of like it looks like a you know it looks like a disney movie and i'm kind of shocked that it's not a disney movie in fact it looks a little worse than something like jungle cruise even like to me like i watched it and was like oh this is like national treasure like this looks as cheap as like the worst parts of like the second national treasure movie to be fair i watched it on my phone in the bathroom stall at work today so i I maybe didn't really get the full maybe that was the perfect way to view it i don't know but uh, i think that's the perfect way to watch the film uncharted if that trailer was any indication (laughs) like i mean outside of just like it looking very flat and very dull and you know mark Wahlberg being a terrible casting choice for sully and like that was that was my that was the only thing every my takeaway from that trailer i'm sorry to interrupt but like my my takeaway from that trailer was eh, i'm not gonna see it looks whatever uh the one like strong opinion i had was what the hell are they doing casting mark Wahlberg as sully the the sully who is supposed to be like the stand-in for like an older burt reynolds character why are you casting like 
late 40s, early 50s, clean shaven, handsome Mark Wahlberg for this role. It's so bizarre. Yeah. And I mean, he's not even a big, he doesn't even sell tickets. People don't like him. (laughs) No. I don't know what the the logic is Uh, there. I mean, I I just hope, I, I hope that the film just ends up being about, like, I don't know about how great boston is or something like that would just be like <laughs> like like they get the treasure hunting out of the way in like the first 10 minutes and then the rest of it's just uh you know mark Wahlberg talking about boston strong or something um, hey mate we found your brother <laughs> let's go get wicked hammond and blow some chunks <laughs> uh, i'm not gonna try and do a bostonian accent that's um, how i condense an entire culture of a city that i've never <laughs> been to <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> What was I saying? Um, yeah, it looks bad. Uh, I don't know. The I th- I found it really weird that like it's I think it's a very weird take on the games because the thing is like the games also mostly aren't that interesting. I, I mean, like I've played all of them. I th- like Uncharted Four. You know, like the, I, I think they are all they all kind of do this sort of like colonialist fantasy thing to varying degrees. And I think only three, three is really the only one that like really tries to grapple with it. Um, you know, so like, I don't want to like, I acknowledge that. And like, I don't want to like them, let them off the hook for that by saying that they do interesting stuff, but like, there is a kind of like, like, especially in three, there's a sort of engagement with the idea. Like there, there's a small engagement with the kind of like the, the fact that like the, the treasure hunting thing is just this kind of juvenile fantasy and a four kind of, you know, like goes into the allure of that fantasy and the sort of like, you know, like, like bringing back Nate's brother as this kind of like way of like thinking through the kind of the, frankly, the childishness of it all, despite like the, the various kind of like violence that they get into, but like really the appeal of these games is so like so they have that kind of thing happening and the appeal of these games is really just that like they look very cinematic for when they came out and also they look very expensive and frankly you know like they don't that trans i don't think there's an easy way to translate that into like cinema except for i think doing real stunts probably would have helped like the big like the big like kind of payoff in this trailer is the the bit from uncharted 3 where uh the cargo plane yeah like he basically nathan drake has like climb his way back into a cargo plane off of cargo that's like hanging out of a, a plane and in the game like you know it's honestly actually not that great of a sequence in the game either no it's you know it was the best that that sequence worked best as for the trailers yeah. Actually, to me, and a, a controversial opinion, uh, but I thought arguably the most interesting part of that whole game was the part that followed immediately after that sequence that everybody hated, which is when the cargo plane crashes and Nathan has to wander yes. through the desert for 10 minutes. Yeah, that is. I thought that was the most like at least narratively the most compelling uncharted ever gets and i should also say i love those games i love uncharted i think the narratives are incredibly rote and not particularly interesting but i don't think they really make much of an attempt to be i think the characters are all fairly one note 
and sort of just comic book character cliches, but they're all incredibly charming. I think the dialogue is very fun. I think those games have a great flow to them. I think they have incredible set pieces. And for that alone, uh, I like them a lot more than I like The Last of Us. But... Oh. <laughs> it, you're wrong. I know. But anyway. Um... I know, but I'm still right in my own heart. Well, if you said the, if you said the Last of Us two, I've been like, yeah, okay, fine. But um, play the Last of Us two. Well, the Last of Us, Last of Us two had some good stuff going on too. Abby's a good character. Anyway, um, I can't say bad things about the Last of Us two without at least acknowledging that the, the thing that all the gamers hated about the Last of Us two was the good part of it. Anyway, same um, with Uncharted three. Yeah, um, <laughs> gamers just staying wrong. Who would have thought? Um, yeah, no, it's just like. Those, it's man, it's just like I don't, I don't know if there's a good way to adapt Uncharted into it because it's just Indiana Uncharted Jones ripoffs. Is, is Uncharted like, is the whole gimmick of Uncharted is hey play a movie. Like, like I think, yeah, I think the thing you could do is like you know Nathan Drake doesn't really have a character. His character is kind of like getting into scrapes and just barely getting out. I feel like the only thing you could really do to make his, an interesting film is like character is murder swaths of people and yes. then start cracking jokes like nothing happened. Yes, true. Like that, <laughs> that really is his character. But like, okay, so the, the, the part of his character that isn't psychopathic is the, the part where he gets into scrapes, then narrowly gets out. And I feel like the only way to kind of like translate that to film in a way that's interesting is basically cast Tom Cruise as Nathan Drake, you know, kind of like that just have awesome, him do actually like, yeah. like, 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 because like, I feel like the ethos of like the, the late Mission Impossible movies where it's just, hey, uh, watch, watch crazy man do crazy stunts. And <laughs> like, I feel like that's kind of like the only thing is like where there's a sort of like physical like, like there's a sense of physical danger because you're watching uh, someone actually do a thing and like that 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 like cargo plane scene is all cg it you know it's weightless it doesn't feel like anything and i feel like making that scene like a little honestly not like just replicating the image of like all of the cargo hanging out from the plane but actually just kind of like doing a thing that like tom cruise did in one of those mission impossible movies where he just hung on to the side of a plane and oh, actually yeah, did that right. Yeah, like, I feel like that, that is like like you actually capture the spirit. Like if there is a spirit of Uncharted to capture, I feel like you get closer doing something like that than by replicating the 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 cargo plane sequence as it was in the game. I don't know. That's yeah. Eh. I, I I think it's just it comes down to that. You're absolutely right, and I just think it comes down to the fact that like Uncharted's whole appeal as a game, as a franchise, was what if you could play an Indiana Jones movie? Wouldn't that be cool? And then yeah. to like to be like, hey, but now we're gonna take that generic Indiana Jones movie that you played through, and just make it a real movie. And then it's just co- like met with a collective, yeah. But wait, nobody cared about the actual like story part. That was not the appeal for anybody. Granted, Uncharted Four did have a bit more in the way of a compelling narrative, which it looks like this is absolutely trying to ape on that a little more because there is talk about like we have to find yeah. your brother a lot of the set pieces like Nathan going to like the, the, the uh, mm-hmm. abandoned, the like lost tropical Island, like yep. that whole sequence in four that's there. They're trying to do the four narrative for the most part, which like, yeah, but four's narrative still ain't that great. It's just the best of four games. It, like it, it's also, it is frankly really weird to do it with a substantially younger Nathan Drake too. Tom Cause Holland's like that weird casting. 
because it's like the uncharted 4 is like the narrative only kind of works because he's an aging character yeah that. like he's not old but like he's you know getting there yeah um and like yeah anyway uh so yeah uncharted the movie trailer looks bad that's the takeaway did you want to talk about the the other thing really quick before we, we sign off we don't or... have time really to get into it but yeah they're making um nfts for uh the dead by daylight uh hellraiser models that just came out dead by daylight ad- added uh pinhead and chatterer as uh two new killers uh there i haven't played them yet but i have played against them and uh, they seem like they're very hard to master if you don't really know what you're doing. So I won both rounds pretty handily, and I'm not that good at Dead by Daylight, but neither here nor there. Point is, those models are being released as NFTs for some reason, uh, and for some reason is the perfect way to describe any and all NFTs that exist. And uh, Behavior Interactive, the studio behind Dead by Daylight, uh, is not publishing the NFTs, uh, themselves it's another stu- it's another company i i'm blanking on the name of said company right off the top of my head uh but they uh did promote it on social media and then when they were met with backlash they released a statement saying that hey we will never produce nfts we do not support blockchain technology we are not we are not responsible for that and then people are like yeah you just marketed it two seconds ago though and said hey check it out and you gave them your blessing to do this so like uh, are your hands really clean at all and then behavior is like ah hey play the new hellraiser dlc like <laughs> that was that was that um, so uh in conclusion perhaps gamers stay losing <laughs> that's the that's the perfect way to wrap that up uh speaking of gamers stay losing we're gonna talk about a whole show that is about gamers losing um we're gonna talk about squid game when we come back from the break right after this Listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Socially Distanced. I am Justin Kiever, and with me is the other host of Socially Distanced, Paxton Wright. How you doing, Paxton? You know, pretty good. Lots happened to me in the last uh, two minutes since we went to break. Um, I got a kid now. Uh, moved hmm. out to uh, yeah, yeah. Moved out to Baton Rouge. Got a nice, uh, got a nice, uh, you know, little real estate job out there. It's nothing too, nothing too flashy, you know. Baton Rouge real estate it is what it is but you know it's pretty good it's pretty good uh things are a little rough with the wife right now a rough patch but that's to be expected uh I did get married too in the last two minutes I should mention that um but yeah, yeah. overall over overall is, things are pretty good 
Well, I'm glad to hear it. Is the is the rough patch due to the fact that like within you know let's say like a minute of the birth of your daughter, you're already back to the radio. Is like your job is taking away from the family. Yeah, basically this job that doesn't pay the bills um, and I make no money on is uh, it's it's taking it's it is taking a lot of time. And it's not that I don't care about my daughter. It's not that it's not that uh, that Agnes doesn't mean the world to me. But at the end of the day, so do my listeners, and I have to prioritize them. Um, but neither here nor there. That's for you and I to talk about off mic. Um, let's get into Squid Game. Oh, it's gonna is Agnes' name for Agnes Varda? Yeah, I named my daughter after Agnes Varda. But oh, cool, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Agnes Varda is good. Anyway, um, yeah, Squid Game. What, uh, yeah, Squid Game. It's every everywhere you go, you hear about squids and their games and uh, the games of squids. Squid yeah. Game. I I will say actually one thing. Uh, first off, I want to say I like Squid Game. I think it's pretty good. I don't think it lives up to the hype. Didn't really expect it to, but I think it's good. Um, also, one thing that's kind of funny, uh, I'm here I am referencing the Castle Super Beast podcast again, but Pat, one of the two hosts of Castle Super Beast, said that, uh, well, he and I shared this experience. He said that when he first started seeing everyone on Twitter talking about Squid Game, he thought it was a meme where everybody was calling Splatoon the Squid Game and everybody was suddenly really into Splatoon. And that is exactly the thought process I had. I just started hmm. seeing Squid Game all over Twitter and I was like, why, what is this Splatoon meme? I'm very out of the loop. I, I'm not quite following. And then I didn't care enough to keep looking into it. And then that night my parents asked, they're like, so have you seen Squid Game yet? And I was like, what, wait, is not Splatoon? What are we talking about? Uh, all right, <laughs> Splatoon Battle Royale, let's go. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, Squid Game. Um, I I like it less than you. I don't I don't necessarily dislike it, and I think there are some things about it that work really well. I guess like we will be um, I, I just to let the listeners know up front. I think we will be spoiling spoiling it up into the uh, the sixth episode. I think I believe it's episode um, six, the Marble episode. Yeah, because um, that's where you watched you Paxton. I have finished the entire show. Um, yeah, and, and just to kind of you know, again we're we're recording this assuming that people know what squid game is but just kind of uh i think just like a little kind of like plot uh summary here a uh, squid game concerns a uh mysterious uh basically you follow a dad who is in a lot of debt and who because he is in that much debt takes part uh elects to take part in a mysterious uh battle royale style game where a bunch of people who are deeply in debt compete for a lot of money and because it's a battle royale they all start dying by and, playing children's playground games yes that is yeah. kind of the uh the the twist here is that they play uh well mostly children's playground games and frankly one thing that just sort of feels like uh what if fall guys like had a little more random chance going on in it is that a thing um, i hadn't gotten to yet you have not gotten to that yet. okay okay yeah um but yeah uh yeah i don't know paxton what, what do you think of it so far uh it's here's the thing it's it's tough to talk about because i feel like everything that i have to say about it has been said i think it's really good i like squid game a lot i'm having a good time with it and i think 
I, I, I've been, I've been thinking about it a lot. Cause like one of the things I've been experiencing with squid game is when I'm not watching it, I feel no incentive to watch it. I don't want to turn it on. I don't want to, I, I like, I'm just like, I'd rather be doing anything else in my time right now. I don't want to see this thing. But then as soon as I start it, I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. I like the show. Wait a second. And then I'm engaged for the next hour. And then as soon as I'm done, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I watched that. And then cut to the next night. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Squid Game. And it's rinse, lather, repeat. That's that's the whole process of watching it. And I've been trying to think of why I'm not incentivized, why I don't feel that incentive to keep going with it when I'm not watching. And I'm, I think at least a part of it boils down to the fact that I've seen this story a million times before. I haven't seen this gimmick. I haven't seen the children's game thing but I've seen the Saw movies. I've seen Battle Royale. I saw one of the Hunger Games movies. I saw, there's there's a bunch of, I've seen Running Man. I've seen plenty of death game stories. I like, I yeah. know the death game formula. The thing I think works about Squid Game is that it is a very bland, generic, uh, well-tread story that is pretty well-written, uh, expertly directed, expertly acted, I, 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 you're, you're shaking your head at that. I think it's I'm, very well directed and very well acted. Very I, well I think, played. I think the, I think the acting is good. I think the directing, I think there are too few moments of kind of like a stylistic flair. I think you do get some, like at the end of episode two, there's a good kind of like series of like uh, graphic matches that like link four characters together. And I think that like, I was like, oh, that's neat. Like that is a thing I wish the show was doing a little more. Um, but uh yeah anyway sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i do think it's well acted though that is like a thing i will like grant the show without reservation i think there's some pretty quality acting in there yeah and i i think that like and i would even say like stylistic flair i mean a lot of it does come down to like mise-en-scene and a lot of the set dressing like the sets are excellent um and i think like a big example is the marbles episode the, the marble scene to me is where that show has peaked thus far. Before then, it was red light, green light, because that is the most shocking part of the whole show. You know what's coming, because everyone has told you exactly what this show is about uh, well before you started watching it, because you can't escape people telling you about Squid Game. So I knew as soon as red light, green light started, I was like, okay, as soon as she says red light, some people are going to screw up, and they're all going to get horribly whacked. And I was completely right. But it still doesn't you're still not really prepared because of the, just like the, the, the like haste and the brutality. I think the fact that, because what I expected was, I mean, as corny as this is, I expected lasers from her eyes. I expected lasers. <laughs> I didn't yeah. expect just like a hard shot from an unseen sniper. Like that was jarring. And so that scene is engaging and intense. And I think up until the, up until the marbles scene, that was where the show peaked. Marbles to me, I thought had a lot more resonance in terms of its characters and its themes. It felt like a, the marble scene I thought, and I think it was pretty on the nose. It felt like a walk through the apocalypse um, in that, mm -hmm like that's how I interpreted it was you have the red skies over the like the town setting um, that like just spell doom and gloom and you see characters like the 
I, I don't remember characters' names, but the, the woman who is a North Korean defector and her sort of young protege that she takes on that they end up having to kill each other and the protege sacrifices herself uh, very willingly and just like, hey, this is how it has to be is her attitude and the like horrible sense of remorse that washes over uh, the North Korean defector woman. Uh, and to me, I interpreted that as at least like the way I, I read that was adults bringing kids into a dying world and living with that regret and seeing these mm-hmm. kids who are basically making a sacrifice by way of their sheer existence and reeling with that. Um, mm-hmm. That is much of that scene to me. And, and also people screwing each other over the, the like finance guy screws oh, yeah. over the, the Pakistani guy for his own benefit because at that point when everything's going to hell around you 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 revert to animalistic instincts as he does when he loses his mind and screams at him because and you are willing to do whatever it takes to survive just a little longer and this is the whole show this is the whole show is is about this but i thought that this marble scene was a really brilliant condensed version of the show's whole thesis yeah and so here's okay um so i I think like the the other thing about squid game is that like it's uh i think i think it's very difficult to think about it outside of the um or removed from the context of or removed from the fact that parasite was also just like really big and in the zeitgeist and this, yes. you know, another kind of a, you know, Korean media product, if you will, about class and about, um, and uh, yeah, like it's about like, you know, what it takes to survive when, you know, frankly, when you're destitute. And the thing is though, I think, a reason that well one i just think parasites better than squid game like it's um just you know i mean whatever like i I like that director a lot so but so here's the thing so parasite you know um the way you've just described squid game i think is about you're about halfway through that show's actual thesis which is basically like you know trying to like when you when you are reduced to like just trying to survive you become cruel like that is like sort of half of what squid game does the term that it takes is but you still have enough agency to avoid really becoming cruel and like and the thing with parasite is parasite's thesis is when you have to survive you become cruel and then it just kind of stops there. And I think the thing is, though, I think Parasite is more correct. And I think it is like a little more incisive in stopping there. Whereas like Squid Game, I think, you know, it is a little it's a little Hollywood. And it's kind of like uh, in what like ultimately the uh, the protagonist is kind of like he like he has his kind of like basically his like low moral moment comes in the Marvel episode. And it's like, you know, and and him wrestling with that, basically like, you know, manipulating uh, an elderly character's dementia to survive, like is like something like, I think it is the, uh, yeah, like it, it is, it, yeah, it is a moment where like the main character is clearly disgusted with himself, but also, you know, like is doing this, you know, with basically a gun to his head and, you know, 
and like the, the the weight of that kind of like that precarity is the thing that's going to drive him to do this the thing is though then squid game kind of takes a step back from like exploring that like cruelty and basically says like no the bad people do cruelty and the good people such as our protagonist are able to kind of maintain that goodness despite their circumstance and that's you know that's all well and good and that's you know it's an optimistic worldview i think the thing that parasite kind of gets at is that like there really is this extent to which uh, kindness is kind of facilitated by one's material condition and by the and basically like there's a, there's a line that the the mother in parasite has it's something to the effect of like you know like oh these people are so like you know like the someone says like oh these people these rich people that we are currently living a parasitic life off of um are so kind and someone says like yeah if i had money like this i'd be kind too and it's that sort of uh you know like you like you don't need to behave in a way that's like super self-serving when you have that much money when you have that enough money to get by so i think there is a kind of i think there is a more forceful claim about like the nature of poverty and survival that is being made in parasite than there is in squid game um, where like the moral universe of Squid Game, I think tends to, like more towards something like Hunger Games, frankly. And I think, uh, which I think is to its detriment because I think they're, because um, I just think it takes a step back from, and not to say that it needs to like, so here's the thing. I think that show revels in cruelty in certain ways. And I think it also wants to take a moral stance against uh, like the kind of cruelty that the, the games are producing. Where really, I think this show, so like like the, the red light, green light thing, like that is like the, like the scene that like people talk about, where it's basically, it's the first game of the battle royale and everyone, like no one really knows what they're, uh, like no one knows how the game works. They think they're gonna play a game and like they, you know, it seems off, but like, you know, they're going to play a game and they're going to compete for money. And then they realize that when they lose the game, they get killed and a bunch of people try and run away. And because they're all breaking the rules of red light, green light, when they run away, they're running away when they're supposed to be like freeze, they all get slaughtered. So you basically get this like D-Day scene, like where, you know, but like in reverse where people are like running away from the beachhead and just getting annihilated by, uh, annihilated by gunfire. And, you know, like the, and it's very shocking because there is a sort of one, because it's happening against the kind of like the pastel colors of the, uh, you know, like of the mise-en-scene, as you pointed out, like there's this kind of, uh, you know, it's childish game. So like all of these sets where the games take place look very childish. So, there's this kind of contrast that's happening with, you know, like some, uh, a lot of blood effects and uh, set against kind of like this sort of like, you know, painterly blue sky kind of happy, uh, um, like surreal kind of like happy atmosphere. But it's also shocking because I think the, the story is kind of like so, it, it, like it plods along for a while. And then, you know, like you get like all the setup of, hey, the main guy, you know, is in debt and has a daughter and et cetera, et cetera. And then suddenly a lot of people get murdered. Yeah. yeah and it's like, and the thing was, is like watching that scene, it was like, it, it it's, it, it is like genuinely shocking to its credit. I also think it reminded me of Starship Troopers, but like in a kind of unironic way, 
it's weird because i don't know what you mean but i i mean i understand that starship troopers is also i mean starship is more of a commentary on the military industrial complex than it is like class per se but like it, it it's weird because i don't know what you mean but i do and i so, i'm looking forward to you elaborating because so, I, so he- I get it but i don't so here's what I mean. So like the 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 satire in Starship Troopers is yeah, it's like this critique of the military industrial complex and also fascism specifically. Yeah. And the uh, and like the thing about Starship Troopers is there's just you know there's a lot of blood and guts, a lot of like, you know, a, a lot of you know young you know pretty young people getting just annihilated uh, by you know by various means by getting eaten alive by bugs and stuff. And the thing is like the bloodshed is like both perverse and also thrilling and the satire of starship troopers is that like it is not that it's a movie that is making fun of these people but that it is presenting itself as a fascist movie that occasionally kind of like you know that occasionally gives you like a little wink that like this you know that that you are watching a thing like that is from a different from a moral universe that you should be repulsed by and that scene in Squid Game, the red light, green light scene, it was just the bloodshed. And I was like, so anyway, there is a, so I will tell you one plot detail, Paxton. Uh, One thing that does happen in the back half of the show is a bunch of VIPs get like invited to watch the Squid Games. And it's like rich people, you know, like, hey, the rich people are going to show and they're going to watch the poor people like compete for money and die and bet on them. And it's like all, you know, like, hey, look how bad the rich people are for like watching people murder each other. And, but also the rich people are, I think, the closest that the show gets to talking about the audience, which is you and me, Paxton, which is the people who are sitting here watching violent spectacle. And I think that, I don't know, like, like I think there's like effective drama that happens in the show that I think is good. I think that there's just, uh, there's just something about, I don't want to say that it like necessarily, like I do think it revels in the violence and I don't want to necessarily critique it for that because I like a lot of things that revel in their violence. You know, we just talked about Hellraiser. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. You we know? talked about Hellraiser for a while off my Yeah. Um, and so I, I like, I, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to like condemn it for that per se, but I think that there is a sort of, I can't, I can't properly articulate like what, you know, like that was the thing is like, I think, so like you said that like you kind of had trouble getting back to it. I don't think, I, th- I think the characters, despite the fact that like some of the acting is quite strong, I think the characters are generally quite flat. I don't find them very interesting. Yeah, I think they're fairly one note really check the main protagonist who even then like is more just compelling because he's very likable and very well performed see see yeah like he, he's very likable he's just like he's kind the whole way through and i think that like the most interesting stuff with him happens after the game ends in the final episode i think that is where like you really get to sit with that character in the structure of like a character piece. That being said, I don't want to necessarily like use this as a cop out for like maybe occasionally one dimensional character writing. Justin, you're frozen. I'm very worried that this is crashing. Yeah, well, uh, here's I'm just gonna say real quick for the listeners, we had a technical hiccup, lost connection for a minute there. So I'm not gonna, it's not gonna be a clean segue from what I was saying, but I remember the general sentiment of what I was saying was uh, I don't think that the show uh, 
uh, I'm not using this as like an excuse for the shows, maybe occasionally, yeah, a little bit flat character writing, but I think one way that the show does excel in its character writing, and I think this is fairly on the nose, I don't think this is like too deep a reading, but I think it works, is the fact that these characters, uh, it's more in these characters' relationships with one another, the dynamics that their relationships have less than who they are as people because i think part of the part of the way the show operates is these people are boiled down to one note characters based on their circumstances because you see their relationships uh develop in a way that like a coming of age school story would develop you have yep. the bully you have like the queen bee sort of the sort of queen bee wannabe who's sort of trying to stay on whichever side is kind of winning you have the sort of like team of sort of outcasts and misfits and it's even like it leans into it even harder in the um the tug of war uh the tug of war moment where uh prior to playing tug of war everyone needs to like build the team of 10 and you know the the strong tough guys are getting together with like the main bully type and then you sort of have your ragtag group of misfits who are like um i'll take such and such like you have these like coming of age moments that like these characters due to their uh due to their circumstances due to this like horribly traumatizing thing they're all being put through are reduced basically to children as they play these children's games and I think yep. that is interesting. I think their dynamics with each other are really, really interesting. I don't know that they themselves are particularly that interesting, but them working in tandem with one another is interesting to me. I will say, I think you have just put the, I think you've identified the one thing about the show that it keeps in subtext. Uh, Cause I think there is basically no subtext in the show, except for the fact that they, all these characters kind of like undergo a kind of age regression where like they start, like they basically, they start thinking about like gender roles as if they were five, like in the, like the tug of war thing, yeah. for instance. Right. Yeah, like exactly. it's, and there's like this real kind of like, yeah, playground quality to all of it that I think, yeah, that I think the show does not feel the need to like really draw your attention through directly in dialogue. And I'm glad that it at least reserves that. Cause um, yeah. And I think the, I think that's fair because the thing is like, I think the show is sort of driven by moment to moment tension rather than like character development really. So I think that like, I think that's like where my kind of like my iffiness on the violence sort of comes from, which is like, it's the thrill of like the possibility of violence that keeps that kept me watching it and not like really not my investment in the characters like literally not until like the last 45 minutes of the show was I really that interested in like any of the characters and yeah I don't know um and I think also that's partially because like it's there's a sort of a core its thesis regarding games I think is something that like I understood by the end of the first ep like by the really by the end of the second episode and then they make it abundantly clear in the fifth which is basically like which is the exact thesis from theorist Mackenzie Wark's Gamer Theory, a, a book that came out in like 2007, which is basically boils down to um, capitalism resembles a game, but like it is a war of all against all where there is the, pro the ideological promise of fairness in the real world, but the real world is not, the real world is not fair. However, games in their supposed separation from the real world, the real world become fair. And so they become this sort of like the perfection of capitalism. And that is the sort of like the, the, the notion of equality 
that the uh that the, the people that run the squid games kind of like uh um proselytize about or that they that they that they try and claim um like here, that is what that's derived from here's mm-hmm. something that's a little it's a little unrelated but just while i have this thought here I'm not gonna say what it is on can on mic um did you feel like you knew how this was going to end about halfway in? Because I feel like I know how this is going to end. Like, and I feel like it's not a particularly obvious ending, but I feel like, I feel like I think I know where this is going, uh, at least to a degree. So, so I will say that I, um, I, I feel like I always could see that like whatever twist was going to come like before about 15 minutes before the show seemed to like clue you in that they wanted the audience to know like for example the fact that like people in the marble episode are going to be turned against each other that they're not on a team they're playing against each other it's like that was obvious basically from the exact moment they said to split into teams of two and i'm like, not i'm not gonna lie that that caught me off guard really i, 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 oh, I you I, fool I, you absolute <laughs> fool um, <laughs> i wasn't expecting it Oh, I, th- um, I figured they were going to be on teams and there was going to be a circumstance that was going to pit them against their friends. That okay. is what I thought was okay. going Um Yeah, no, I figured like, oh yeah, no, they're, they're just going to call the herd by half. Like, that's what they're going to do. Um, but uh, yeah, I will say, I think it's very easy to see how it's going to end. I think uh, it telegraphs a lot of things. I think there are two very stupid twists um, one that at least pays off in a good character moment. Um, and I think like one, like, I, I think like a moment of optimism that, uh, th- that is more or less earned. Um, if, you know, I think like a little, uh, you know, uh, maybe, maybe a little Hollywood. Um, and then there's one that just kind of leads to nothing and means nothing. So I'm curious to hear what your guess is because I have the knowledge and you do not. <laughs> well, here, here's the <gasps> anyway. Sorry, yeah, Vincent Price over here. Oh, I uh, wish. <laughs> we all wish. Uh, uh, I really feel like if you put Vincent Price and John Waters next to each other in a lineup, I wouldn't be able to immediately identify who was who. Um, neither here nor there point being uh, <laughs> we're just about out of time and uh, uh, so I am definitely not going to say what I think the ending is going to be but I'll tell you off mic and I don't want you to tell me if I'm right but I just want you to sort of sit with that knowledge but yeah this is not for the listeners to know because we don't have yeah. time yeah but um, anyway yeah I, I will say I think before we go I do want to say like I've been hard on the show you know if but that said like if you're someone who watched this and if squid games if squid game helps you to like articulate your frustrations with contemporary capitalism good yeah you know like that is that is nothing but a good thing i think this i think this show serves a very good purpose and i think it is a little more digestible than parasite is for the average audience goer i think that's a great thing so so yeah yeah like so i don't mean to critique that and i don't mean to like be critical of you know your appreciation for it and i think it can still be a very useful thing for anyone who watches it i just you know yeah so i just wanted to end on that yeah and i just i I just genuinely i i think it's a good show i think it's i i don't look it didn't live up to the hype for me the way the hype around tiger king lived up to the hype for me (laughs) it's no tiger king (laughs) tiger king 
we tiger king was the first ever uh thing we talked about on the show it was episode yeah. one and tiger king was a show that blew my mind because people have been hyping it up for like weeks i was late to the tiger game party because uh, the tiger king party because i just figured there was no way i i see you smiling i said tiger game i know but uh <laughs> but but i was i was late to that party and I figured there was no way it was going to live up to the hype. And I was shocked when it lived up to the hype in every single way I expected. And then Squid Game, I figured there was no way it was going to live up to the hype. And then I watched it and I was like, yeah, okay, it didn't quite, but it's still good. Uh, so I'll say that. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. I, I recommend people check it out. Also, one thing I completely forgot about until this last very second, this is our 50th episode. So oh. that's kind of a milestone. Oh, right for us. Yeah, Justin, I know you didn't want to edit, do much editing tonight, but if you could just put some like stock canned applause audio in here, I feel like that's all we really need to celebrate this this event. Just throw that in here real quick. All right. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be going right now as there I say this. Thanks so much, people. Oh, thank you. Oh, stop. Stop. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, seriously, stop. We actually need to, we need to stop. Stop. Okay. Okay, listen to the knobs. Okay, uh, stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs>